What is up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of Surfing the Stream, where every week we are on a quest to find out what is the greatest movie of all time. I am Matt Primo, and today I am starting Anime in Review, our next genre review series, and I will be reviewing Grave of the Fireflies. If you are new to this podcast, then this is kind of how genre series go, okay? With the exclusion of Christmas in Review, uh, throughout the entire month, you get four reviews as a part of that genre. So we've done war movies in review, we've done horror in review, we have done kung fu in review, 90s action in review. We review nothing but those specific genres. So this entire month, I will be reviewing anime movies. Uh, I give you four, and then Patreon gets two bonus exclusive reviews that you can only get by going to patreon.com slash two game. That is the number two. This is a series that I have been wanting to do for for a very long time. I wouldn't say that I I'm a huge anime fan. I'm not big into anime, okay? I I have probably about 12 or 13 shows that I've watched up to this point and probably haven't finished all of them, but I I do really enjoy anime. I'm just not a huge huge fan as that I'm watching it each and every week, okay? I just I don't have the time to devote to so many different shows. But I have been I have been waiting for the perfect moment to kind of do an anime in review series where it's gonna kind of force me to to watch all these anime movies that I have never that I've never seen before. I I wrote down an entire list of anime movies. I, I went to like a top fifty page, top twenty five page, and I wrote down all the movies. Okay, so there are lots of movies on my page. Now, granted, I'm not gonna get to all of them in this particular series because. It's only one month. I can't watch every movie, anime movie, in in one month. So I'm gonna do about 20 to 25 movies. Hopefully, maybe 30 if I if I hit the the right stride. And then at the end of the month, I drop a top 10 episode, and I can only rank the ones that I have seen in that month. I can't just add ones that I've seen before. It has to be ones that I've watched during the series. Now, the thing with anime and review is. This is perfect for for a two-parter or a three-parter. Kind of like horror in review. There are just so many horror movies that it's just perfect to revisit every year. In October, obviously. So, this is a definitely a series that I can see myself doing again next year. Right around the same time. So, I gotta say, this is probably one of the more exciting genre review series that I've had to do up to this point. Now, granted, I'm only two movies into it. I, I've reviewed this will be my first review, but I've watched two movies up to this point. Uh and I gotta say I'm 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 loving it so far. Uh but the thing with the genre review series, they're really good for the first couple weeks and then once you hit that middle portion of where you watched all the great ones, it kind of peters out a little bit. Uh I'm hoping it doesn't get like that. I don't think it will. And that's what excites me about this, because I've read some of the, the plots for, for a bunch of these movies, and I'm like, God, that sounds so dope, and it sounds like it's going to hit me in the feels, and there are multiple movies like that, so I'm definitely excited for this series. So, before we jump into the review for Grave of the Fireflies, if you like what we're doing here and you want to consider supporting us, go to patreon.com slash two game, that is the number two. Support us at any of those tiers, and you get access to a whole bunch of different content, as well as our Discord channel, where, hey, our Patreon supporters vote for the genre series that you get each and every month, or just the the different reviews that we do each and every week. They voted for Space in Review and Disasters in Review. Now, they didn't, not all, 
anime didn't technically win the vote, but I really wanted to do it, so that's kind of where we're at at this point. But for the most part, our Patreon supporters are the the producers and and king of the content that we create. So patreon.com slash two game if you want to be a part of that exclusive group. And I also want to give a shout out to our $20 tier supporters, Carmen DeSico, uh, Eric Hernandez, Sharon Petrie, Lindsey Humble, and Michael King. We appreciate y'all supporting us at that $20 tier each and every month. Without y'all, we would not be able to do this, so thank you so much. Grave of the Fireflies, let's do this. A young boy and his little sister struggle to survive in Japan during World War II. That is probably the simplest uh, plot that I have had to read on this podcast probably ever, and I've done 160, 170 reviews up to this point. Uh, it's pretty simple. And does that explain the entirety of the story? Eh, it it kind of does, but guys, let me tell you, there's so much more to this movie than what that plot tells you. And I don't mean in terms of what actually like story-wise happens. I'm talking emotionally. You do not get that from the plot. So I'll just tell you that. This movie was directed by... Now, I'm going to go ahead and put this little disclaimer out there. We we know the rules in the podcast, okay? I don't know how to pronounce everybody's name. So if you see that I pronounce something wrong, just deal with it, guys. Just deal with it, okay? Uh, this movie was directed by Isio Takahata. Uh, he has directed Tell the Princess Kagaya, uh, Pompako, and Only Yesterday. I am probably pronouncing like half of those words incorrectly. Guys, I don't care. Okay? You know what I'm trying to say. Uh, this movie has a budget of $3.7 million and it grossed worldwide $516,962. So not even, so a little bit more than half a mil on a $3.7 million budget. You know, it really sucks when when you find a movie that is so good, not emotionally, but also story-wise and movie-wise, it's just it's good from beginning to end that they don't make their money back. It's 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 kind of heartbreaking, honestly, because then we lose out on movies like this in the future because people don't want to take chances on it. Oh well, this movie didn't make any money, and it's kind of similar to that one. So well, this movie's not gonna make any money, so we're not gonna do it. And that's kind of what the studio heads kind of kind of gravitate towards. They kind of look at all the different movies that are kind of similar to kind of gravitate what kind of budget they want to spend on it. So to me, it's, it's, it sucks. It sucks because this movie's really good and it should make its budget back. Whether it made it back through, you know, on demand or on video release or whatever. Because I remember one of the movies that we reviewed on here, which was uh, Mask of the Phantasm during our Batman in Review series. I said that they did not make their budget back in theaters. But... They made it back when it got to video because people went crazy trying to buy that movie. So I'm, I'm hoping they made some money on the video side of this, not so much the uh, theatrical side. Uh, as far as the stars, who who's in this movie? Now, obviously this is anime, so there's going to be an English version and there's going to be a Japanese version. Look, for this, for this particular review series, I am not going to do... I'm not going to mention who who's in the movie because I could sit here all day and just name off all the actors from the English and the Japanese. And I don't want to devote one to the other because, you know, uh, there's one thing about anime guys and gals. They are huge, like, subbed fans. And I don't want to name the English actors and them get all pissy and vice versa, okay? So it is what it is. 
Uh, this movie has a runtime of one hour and 29 minutes, and it was released July 26, 1989. Uh, this movie was produced concurrently with My Neighbor uh, Totoro. Uh, many of the animators had trouble remembering which film they were animating. Uh, Takahata was the only living animator involved on this project who has survived Bomb Blast. Uh, there's this is actually the probably the the best fun fact for me personally. There's a live action version of this film made for TV uh, that released uh, November first, two thousand five. However, this particular version tells the story from the point of the, from the point of view of the ant. It deals with the issue of how a wartime environment could change a kind woman into a hateful one. Uh, and include, and this movie is included on the 1001 Movies You Must See Before You Die list. Grave of the Fireflies. Where do I even start with this movie? Um, one, I guess I'll just say whether I liked it or not. I absolutely love this movie. I think this is going to be... Uh, this has to be on my, my top 10 when when it's all said and done. I don't, I don't like to spoil my top 10 at all, but that I just want to tell you how good this movie is. Like, I don't see how this movie is not going to be on my top 10 when this month is is all over and uh, the series is all over. I I think this is a phenomenal movie, not just story-wise. Story-wise, is kind of simple. There's not a whole lot going on. It's more of an emotional, character-driven uh, movie, and emotional is is really an understatement. I think you have to go into this movie with the mindset that your feels are going to be absolutely destroyed. This movie was recommended to me by one of my friends and one of our Patreon supporters, Tyler. Uh, he said it was going to absolutely destroy my feels, and it was one of the best movies that he's ever seen, and it was it was truly phenomenal. So I went into this with very, very high expectations, okay? And I kind of knew the subject matter. I kind of knew kind of where he was going just off of expectations and where I thought the story was going to go. So I kind of had this feeling that this was going to hit me differently than any other movie. Now, this is the second movie that I have watched as part of my anime in review series. So this is starting off strong. It really is. I, I think this is not only one of the best movies, best anime movies of all time. This is, this has to be top five saddest movies of all time. This it is heartbreaking it is gut-wrenching it is truly emotional the the way this movie ends and the way it progresses through the story it just it's just constantly punching you right in the heart constantly like it never lets up and i I don't know if it hits differently because i have kids now granted they don't have that father-son relationship father-daughter relationship or anything like that that i can kind of relate to but i do have kids so i can relate to to the fact that hey what if what if i had died and my kids were going through this what if they had to go through these same things and that just it rips out your heart when you kind of come from it from that perspective so while it's not 100% uh relative to me i i do think that i can relate to a lot of things within this movie specifically uh, the kids and their journey and whatnot. And then can we please, before we get into the uh, the emotional beats of the movie, I, I do want to say the animation looks fantastic. Now, this movie was made in the late 80s, and I've seen some anime 
from like the the 80s and the 90s that just looked bad very very bad now granted it is a budget thing but regardless anime i i'm i'm a bigger fan of like this newer animations that that they got going on now if i've seen the anime and whatnot from like the 80s and the 90s then i can look past it because i i enjoyed the series overall right but this one just looks so damn good looks phenomenal one of the best looking movies anime wise that i i have seen so just right off the bat that's that's what you notice when you you start watching the movie is the animations the designs and whatnot look so great i mean when you think of movies that kind of set the standard for animation, would this be one of them? I don't know, because I, I haven't watched a ton of anime movies. Now, I've watched, like, Into the Spider-Verse and stuff like that. Now, granted, that's not anime. That's an animated movie, uh, not by Japanese creators. But Into the Spider-Verse kind of revolutionized and and made this weird and unique anime animated style that everybody just loved. And it's kind of what I got from this was... This has to be ahead of its time as far as animation style. Because even today in 2021, uh, 30, what, two, 33 years later, it looks phenomenal. Okay, the animation looks absolutely phenomenal. And that was the first thing that I noticed when I started watching the movie. Uh, the story is incredible. The dialogue is great. I think it's well written. And it's paced very well. I mean, this movie is an hour and what did I say, hour and 28 minutes. This is a brisk movie for what it's for what the content is within the movie, and there, I mean there's not a t- there's no action or anything like that, so there's nothing for it to pace you along with that. That just tells you how great of a story it is that they can keep you invested for an hour and a half with with this emotional story. I think the voice acting is superb. Uh, they even got actors around the same age to to kind of do the characters. Now. I do have to mention that I did watch this in dubbed over subbed. And I know, I know, uh, dub sucks, sub is the best, and I should have probably watched it in sub to kind of get the 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 best feel for the movie, considering it is related to Japanese people during World War II. I completely understand that, okay? It, it's, it's the fact that, look, I have to watch some of these movies with my kids around, and I I honestly can't pay attention enough to to read plus write down my notes plus do all that so am i am i making excuses absolutely 100 making excuses here but it is what it is uh i just prefer dub i i feel like i grasp the story a little bit better when i can just focus on what's going on plus what they're saying instead of reading plus having to focus what they're saying uh but i am not a a guy against sub i i will watch sub now, there's only, like, one thing that I will not watch sub, which is Sword Art Online. That's just because I love the voice actors for the English side that much that I cannot watch that series in subbed. But I will watch it. I will watch things in sub. I have no problem with that. I mean, I watched Kung Fu in Review, and just about every damn movie was subbed. So I have no problem with doing that. It's just this particular one I, I watched and dubbed. Uh, now, back to the review. Uh, I think they did an amazing job of storytelling and progressing the story. And that's kind of where the meat and potatoes are of this review. is going to be focused on the story and just how amazing it is. I, I think they did such an amazing job of showing how how devastating war can be, especially to to children. Now, the, the director has come out and said this is not an anti-war film. This is more about isolation of of children and whatnot and the effects of that 
And I, I get that. I, I think when you look a little bit deeper into this movie, uh, you do see those isolation uh, themes throughout. And would this movie work more along the lines of, like, if you took the war stuff out, could this movie still work with the isolation themes? Absolutely. Like, you could just strictly take out the war stuff, and this movie would 100% work uh, as a movie in any kind of story, I think. And I think that's a testament to how amazing the story is overall. And what I what I mean by that, I, I kind of kind of repeating what I just said back in my head. I'm like, ah, this might be a little confusing when if, if someone were to listen to this. Let me let me explain. Okay, this movie is about War II, and it's about children. Uh, their mother died during the bombing. Their father is gone off to war, and they end up having to go live with their aunt. Okay? And eventually they leave the aunt because she's a total... F- I, I don't want to cuss on... Because it's a children's podcast, okay? Children's podcast. I don't want to cuss. But she's an evil bitch. I mean, she is what it is, right? Uh, again, children's podcast. Um, don't like her at all. Fucking hate that character, okay? Again, children's podcast. But what if you took out the war stuff? What if their mom just died, okay? You made this completely different story. Their mom just died. Their father is off. I mean, he could be off doing whatever, okay? And he's away from the family for an extended period of time. And these kids eventually leave the aunt's house... Because she's so evil, she's so demeaning and and de- uh, degrading and whatnot that they leave, and they're leave they're living on their own. They're isolated. They're out in the wilderness. Uh, I think this one hundred percent this movie could stand on just the isolation themes alone. Now, does the war make it you know more emotional? Eh, probably. I-, I think they they did a good job of adding the war themes in there. And it does help kind of fluff up that isolation theme uh, and storyline throughout the course of the movie, obviously. But I, I think if you just if you just added anything into this movie, I think it would be fine. I think it would be, still be an amazing movie. But adding the war stuff in there uh, definitely takes it to another level. Because, I mean, obviously war is emotional. War is depressing and, and devastating and, and whatnot. Uh, so I think they just did a great job of kind of showcasing that. And I think when you look into the terms of of this being a more of an isolation uh, movie versus an anti-war movie, I think it works. It works for me more personally because I can kind of relate to the isolation themes more than I can relate to World War II in Japan or uh, just anti-war in general. Okay, I can relate to isolation more so. So, me personally, I kind of like to. I kind of like to be separate from everybody, right? I kind of like to be apart from everybody. So, to show the negative side of isolationism is is something that really does hit me in the feels quite frequently throughout this entire movie, and the fact that it's isolationism with with children is a completely different thing when you when you add that element to it, okay? It's so much more emotional because, oh, look, you may not have kids, but you still care for kids, right? You, you don't want a kid to be harmed. But when you have a child and you're watching this movie, it just, it hits so much differently, I think. Uh, I do also like how they showed how the children, I, I, when I say I like how they showed, uh, it's kind of weird to say that with what I'm about to say, but I, I just think they did a great job of showcasing this in the movie. Not that 
I particularly enjoyed it from from what's happening. Okay, you, you'll see what I mean. Uh, I I like how they showed the children how they slowly suffered alone, uh, but they managed to sprinkle in moments of of happiness. I mean, the thing with kids are they could be they could be alone, they could be miserable, but the one thing a child will always do is find happiness in some form or fashion. They will always find the light in in a dark situation and whatnot, and they showcase that in this movie. It's just like little moments. It's super depressing, super depressing, and then like the brother, Seda, he, he will find something to kind of cheer up Setsuko, okay? He will find something. He, he, like towards the beginning of the movie when Seda, uh, he's on the monkey bars, and he's trying to cheer up Setsuko, and... Like it's just those little things. Like he's trying so hard to kind of cheer her up and to kind of make a make light of the the dark situation. Okay, and they do do that throughout the entire movie. They sprinkle little moments of that. Like it's not just pure dread throughout the entire movie. But I I do think they kind of nailed that aspect of children where they always try to find happiness. Like kids, you could get onto them and they could be mad, but you do something, they're going to laugh within, like, 10 seconds. Like, it, it's very hard for a kid to stay mad, honestly. So, or mad or or sad or whatever. You can kind of always kind of pick them up a little bit. Um, so I, I think they were able to showcase that uh, brilliantly in this movie. So I don't technically like the fact that the kids are suffering, okay? But I think in the context of this movie and how case and how they're showcasing it, how they're progressing the story. I think they did such a magnificent job with it, uh, truly. Now, there's one particular thing that I do want to talk about in this movie, and that's kind of the the telling of the ending at the beginning of the movie. When I first started watching this movie and he says, uh, this is the day that I died, I'm like, okay, all right, well, that's okay, all right, well, I know my heart's about to rip out here in the next hour and a half, okay? Because you kind of already know what's going on with the ending okay at least one of these kids is going to die at the end of the movie so we already know that so there's no suspense there's no wondering where they're going with the story we already know the end of the story now let's just experience the story for what it is and let's just focus on the character development let's focus on these heart-to-heart moments and the emotion of the story rather than trying to to figure out where they're trying to head with the story okay you kind of know where it's going, just based off the first, you know, two minutes of the movie. So personally, I do like that aspect. I, I think it took out a lot of the mysticism of the movie, a lot of the suspense. Now I can now I can just focus on the story overall, okay, and just experience it rather than trying to figure out uh, what's gonna happen at the very end. Now I was kind of confused at the very beginning because he says he's gonna die, or he says he died this day. And then it kind of does some other scenes, and you're like, huh, um, what, what is exactly going on here? I was kind of confused by that. Now, when I looked at, because it, it would show scenes of them two together, and I was like, is he dead, and she's alive, or what's going on here? But actually, they're both dead, okay? Uh, they're both dead. At the end of the movie, uh, Seda dies. And then that's it. Kind of reverts back to the very beginning. So it's kind of like a, it's it's a circle. It's a little time loop. So the ending connects to the beginning of the movie, and then it starts all over again. And it's kind of a, it's kind of 
I don't know if it's unique, but I really like how they did that. And again, it seems confusing at the very end, but when you finish the movie, it's kind of like, holy shit, that was that was magnificent. That was that was that was brilliant to kind of connect the ending to the beginning. And when you when you see those scenes from the beginning and what they represent, what they mean, it's kind of like, wow, that is that is amazing. It really is. It's a phenomenal way to to tell the story, and I just absolutely absolutely loved it so to me what that whole signifies is okay we know he's gonna he's we know he's gonna die at the very beginning at least one of them and then we see their ghost and they're together at the end and then when we get to the uh, actual ending of the movie you know he's actually separated from Setsuko she dies before he does and then he ends up dying from starvation as well so they're rejoining each other in the afterlife, which connects to the very beginning of the movie, and they're together. And that's their, quote-unquote, new beginning, I guess you could kind of say. And then it retells the story. I, th- I just think, ultimately, it's phenomenal storytelling to kind of do it that way. And I don't know if they did it like that, but that's the way I see it. it is they tell you the ending, they get through the story, and then the way it ends, it kind of loops back to the beginning. I, again... I don't know if that's what they went for, but hey, it makes the movie even better when I think about it like that, so that's what I'm going to go with, okay? Now, I did read a couple of reviews of this movie uh, after I read, after I watched this movie because I was just like, I didn't know how to process that ending and the movie and whatnot. Again, the ending is not something that, had, that was so revolutionary and just so off the wall and whatnot that again just threw you for a loop it wasn't like one of those endings it just ended very emotionally it was so such a depressing ending uh, i mean the movie is depressing honestly but i just needed to hear other people's thoughts on the movie to kind of decompress and kind of just kind of figure out where i was with the movie i mean honestly i i loved it after watching it but where did i fall did i fall on the truly loved it side or did i fall on the no i just, I just loved it and kind of reading everybody's thoughts, it kind of put my my own emotions and convert it into actual words. And to kind of read other people's opinions of the movie, it really helped me process the entire movie. But in the process of that, it also brought up some some criticisms. And is this movie perfect? I, I think it's just about perfect. Okay, now, are there some plot holes and whatnot? Yeah, you can make a case for, uh, well... Seda, why wouldn't you just suck it up and go back to your aunt? Now, nobody wants to go back to an aunt, especially that one. Uh, absolutely hate her, by the way. Um, nobody wants to go back to her and apologize and whatnot. Was it pride that, that killed Setsuko and then eventually killed Seda? I mean, I can see how people would kind of lean towards that. And that, that was really one of the biggest criticisms of the movie when I would read reviews was... Uh, it was pride that killed them, not starvation. And I don't necessarily agree with that 100%. I can I can see the case for it, okay? I, I can see the case being made for it. But look, when you're when you're isolated, you're alone, and you you're living in a house where you're degraded, demeaned, and not tortured physically, but you're mentally abused by this woman. And she's treating you harshly and whatnot. That why wouldn't you leave? Like why not go take your chances with somebody else or on your own, right? 
at least you wouldn't have to deal with this. I mean, you're still in the same boat as you would being alone, right? Being there. So I don't 100% agree with that. Would they have lived versus would they have died? Would the ending still be the same? I don't know, honestly. Um, So that's why I can't 100% disagree with it, but I don't agree with the fact that they should have just stayed there and and pride was what killed the kids, not uh, not starvation. I, I don't agree with that at all. But that was the main criticism that I would read when I would read reviews uh, on this movie. But regardless of what that is, I, I give this movie five stars. I bought it for five dollars on uh, on iTunes. I think it is one hundred percent worth five dollars, and I think it was ten dollars on Vudu. Now, I would gladly pay $10 for this movie. I think it's absolutely worth that amount of money. The animation's great. The story's great. Just prepare yourself to be to be stabbed in the heart multiple times throughout this movie. It is just it is a heartbreaking movie. I wouldn't say that I that I just loved every minute of it as far as like it's it's kind of weird. It's kind of weird to say that you love this movie when it is so damn sad and so damn depressing. It's kind of weird to say that you love this movie, especially considering the source material and two kids basically uh, starving to death. To me, it feels weird to say that I love the movie, but I do love this movie. I think it's a great piece of storytelling. I think it's one of the greatest movies, uh, anime-wise, that's ever been made. And one of the greatest movies of all time, definitely. It's definitely a movie that you should see before you die. I mean, I made that little fun fact there. But is this movie something that I can rewatch on a consistent basis? Like, could I rewatch it next year or the year after? I don't know. I think it might be too emotional. I don't think it's a movie that I would just rewatch uh, occasionally or frequently uh, by any means. Uh, maybe every couple of years kind of thing. So that's kind of why I would say $5, $10 I would pay for this movie. Just mainly because it's not something you can rewatch on a regular basis or want to rewatch on a regular basis. And again, that's not a negative against the movie, guys. When I say I don't want to rewatch this movie within the next year or so, it's not a negative. It's, it's actually kind of a kind of a compliment, kind of a sick way to compliment this movie. It is mainly just because of how depressing it is. Uh, but yeah, I paid five dollars for it. I give it five stars. I don't think this movie could have been could have been any better. I think it's perfect. Honestly, I could have reviewed this for war movies in review and included this on my top ten for that list. Honestly, uh, I think it's a it's one. It's definitely one of the best war movies. It's definitely one of the best anime movies. And I don't see how this does not end up on my top ten when it's all said and done. So five stars, uh, five ten dollars. I would pay for it. Uh, it's absolutely 100% worth it, and I 100% uh, recommend going to find it. I did not find it on any streaming apps, which is why I ended up buying it. So you're going to have to fork over some money if you want to watch this. Uh, but but I don't think you will go you will go wrong with your decision here. I, I, if you go spend the money to, to buy this movie and watch it, I, I don't think you'll be disappointed. Uh, it's definitely a phenomenal movie, and I can't say enough good things about this movie, honestly. And... Truly, I wish I had another person that I could talk to about this movie uh, on the podcast because uh, this could be you know, an hour-long episode, honestly, because there's just so much to unpack from this movie. So just go watch it and then come talk to me about it. Uh, but that's going to be it for my review for Grave of the Fireflies, my first movie as a part of the anime in review series. And the other movies that are up for review, Ghost in the Shell, which I also bought, 
Looks dope. Heard it's dope. Uh, I've never seen it. Uh, Howl's Moving Castle, which is a Patreon-exclusive uh, review. You can go to patreon.com slash twogame uh, whenever that comes out. You can check that out. Uh, also reviewing Akira, uh, which is one of the OG ones. And then Princess Mononoke. Uh, heard that one is is really good. Spirited Away, which is also a Patreon-exclusive review as well. And then at the end of the month, on the 31st, I'll be dropping my top 10 anime movies of all time. And when I say all of all time, I mean of all January is basically what I mean by that. Uh, but if any of those reviews strike your fancy as far as the Patreon exclusives go, go to patreon.com slash two game. I appreciate y'all joining me for this review, clicking on the episode, and just listening to me talk about Grave of the Fireflies, and joining me each and every week to to hear my thoughts and opinions on movies. I truly do appreciate it. Uh, if you have any criticisms, comments, concerns, whatever, email me at twogamepodcast at gmail.com. That is the number two, by the way. Uh, I would love to hear from y'all. Uh, but other than that, I will catch y'all next time on another review.